Hello! Welcome to Green Dudes, the only Green Day podcast that truly matters. I am here with my my best pal, my Green Day brother, my my Green Day comrade in arms and legs and eyes and ears, Mr. Connor freaking Kelly. Wow. What an introduction. Only for what the an best. intro. It feels like I'm walking out uh, onto a wrestling ring, you know? Oh, so if if you were like a wrestler on WWE, what would yeah. your introduction song be? Um, wow. I mean, I guess uh, it feels like it would have to be a Green Day song. I think it would have to be a Green Day song. <sighs> um... Maybe, uh, you know what, maybe I would have the beginning of King for a Day play. Like, I, I oh, love that, yeah. like, intro with the horns and everything, yeah. you know? Because like you want just, like, a short, uh, but, like, really solid, really, really wrecking, like, everyone knows it's going to be your thing, right? Like, you yes. want something, like, short and, yep. and easily identifiable. And, like, the that the first, like, 10, 20 seconds there of King for a Day as I walk out, I think would be uh, pretty cool. No, that's, a, that's an excellent answer. I think people would really get your your vibe and 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 yeah. you would just your thing would be you would be wearing drag yes right? yeah yeah i'd, ha- I'd, be, wear- I'd be wearing yeah. a thong yeah yeah yep. so tr- oh that would be so sick yeah no i mean i, I would follow the lyrics yeah pretty much yeah, of course yeah that's a great answer i i'm not gonna top that but i'm as i'm thinking now um i i think you know awesome walkout music for me the first thing that comes to my head would be the first you you know like like the intro to kill the DJ uh, I think would be cool. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. that's a good one too. Yeah, that's a good bow, one too, and it bow, really really highlights. It's like, hey, let's give Uno some love. You yeah, know, like you're exactly. that's like a really big thing for you. That's it cool. is. It is. Yeah. No, I so, so I think that's that would be mine. Um, you know, and and listeners, uh, if if that kind of inspired you, please please write in. Let us know what what your um, wrestling intro song. It, it has to be Green Day. Um, what what your intro Green Day song would be if you were a wrestler? If 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 we developed um, instead of WWE, it would be GDWWE. I don't know. We just add some letters to it, right? I mean, it should be it should be more clever than that, but uh, but you get the gist. Yeah, of course. Anyways, I'm Connor Mack. I'll be here all night. Um, yeah, Connor, um, this is kind of cool because it's it's the first episode we're recording after the you know the new Green Day album just dropped, mm-hmm. um, and you know we, we, this certainly is not going to be our last word on it. Obviously, we uh, we we're going to cover all the Savior songs in about six years' time uh, at the pace we're going. And mm, uh, yeah, get, get ready for that. Yeah, get get ready for that one. And you know, I think we are going to do a follow up on uh, kind of the the fallout of of the the release at some point. But just kind of you know personally, Connor, how, how how are you feeling now now that all that excitement is over and uh, and and we kind of we lived through it. It's funny because it I, I have been thinking about it and it does sort of feel like a. There's a bit of a come down. It's 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 uh it really does feel like going up 
a roller coaster as as the hype ever increases you know you get closer to that and then you know it's like that release week um going to the listening party and seeing the subway station performance um you know you figuring out the rough trade thing and then you know finally really having having time to listen to the record on our own and then to discuss it um kind of felt like that that first plunge as you know as as you take that that first big drop on a roller coaster it was awesome and then you get off the ride you know and um it uh it it has kind of felt like wow we really uh we we were like riding that bull um so so it's it's been cool and it's been cool to like be living with the songs a bit more i'm listening to the record a lot on my commute to and from work um so it feels like i'm i'm getting more familiar with it and and yeah kind of just folding it into uh into the routine so yeah i've been enjoying it quite a bit but it does it does feel like things have mellowed out in a way and and it's funny to to think about like the before and after there's there there's like this giant wave coming you know and then it, it finally hits and now here we are i know yeah yeah it's 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 kind of funny because it it is like it's similar to like post-concert uh depression or whatever when you're you know you build yourself up and you're so excited to go to a show and then it happens and it's amazing but then it's over and you're like damn what do i have to look forward to now the difference mm. with this is is obviously there is a tour coming up but um now we have a record to live with and so so it's i i've been kind of happy um that all of the excitement has died down like i i'm just like i couldn't keep up that level of of excitement and and like being on the <clears throat> on on the the lookout for for new green day happenings for for much longer like that that the, you know release week was enough for me and then now i'm like happy yeah. to now i'm happy to just like chill out and and live with the record and and uh you know tell myself i can't listen to it two times in a row and then uh still listen to it two times in a row right and, and then you just do it yeah, yeah and, I just and, do and then it. You're, you're like ah oh, hey, you know what the heck why what? not a third go around you what know the hey why not that's that's been my biz- my biggest struggle is i'm like okay i'm gonna throw on a different record and kind of cleanse the palate a little bit and and then I, I i maybe i put on like an ep and i'm like okay you know this is maybe i'll just go back to saviors but uh yeah yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it's been good, and again, we will we'll we'll cover more of the fallout. But um, but today our our journey um goes on, uh, making our way through Green Day's catalog, in kind of in release order. Connor, you know, y- you saw me hemming and hawing a little bit before we pressed record. And you're like, oh no, what happened? Did did somebody die? Did you fart? You know, is mm-hmm. uh, did you have yeah, an accident? Those were those. My my first two thoughts. Yes, yeah, but I, I I just by looking at your face, I could tell. Um, and no, I you know I, I I have said a bunch of times on this podcast, you know. So if you're listening, I'm gonna be repeating myself that we we are talking about these songs in the order that we and I think most of the fan base listen to them uh, from the track listing on uh, 1039 smoothed out slappy hours compilation of their you know green day's first few eps and their first lp um next up we we have uh, the first song from the slappy ep 
And uh, I, I, I learned something new today, which is that Slappy was recorded, I think, and released after 39 Smooth uh, came out while the other EP, 1000 Hours EP, was uh, released before 39 Smooth. Um, so it bothers my, my fan brain a little bit. Like, why would you put the, the second EP released first in that track listing for the compilation? You know, it's like, it doesn't really make sense to me and kind of bothers a part of my brain that, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, wants, wants some, some law and order around these parts. You know, we can't, you know, what are we anarchists? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I understand what you mean, because it feels like there there would be a more logical way to do it. Um, I wonder if as we listen and, and think about the songs in depth, you know, I wonder if they made this decision kind of as a as a track list decision, you know, d- does it feel like maybe it flows smoother by having this EP before the one that actually came out earlier? Um, that would be a tough question to answer because you know we'd probably have to shuffle the songs around ourselves and then listen to it and then like think about both side by side and yeah. um, I'm not I'm not quite saying I want to conduct that experiment but some of what I want to talk about with this song today does have to do with um, how I think it works as a good follow up to Judge's Daughter. And and my thought is sort of that like it it sort of makes sense as a way to kick off this second part of the compilation, feeling like um, feeling like there is a clear end to the record, and now we're like going into this this latter half yeah. rather than just having it be like a you know one seamless block of songs, mm. which, which is how I how I thought about it before again. You know, was was that. Um, I got lost in 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 the endless uh, the seemingly endless track list and feeling like you know yeah how how does this stack up as a record and now that we've talked about um, the the actual album itself and we're getting into like sort of this this uh, bonus content onto it um, I I think that this song that we're discussing today does make sense as a way to start that off and I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit more when we get to it yeah I know I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Um... I, I I can see what you're saying, yeah, and and I mean, obviously, once we get to 1,000 hours, we'll be like, oh wait, oh now now we get it. This this to- totally makes sense as a way to close close the compilation off. I don't know. We're probably putting more thought into it than anyone ever has before <laughs> in the history of of uh, this release. But um, regardless, that's it, why we're. That's why we're the only Green Day podcast that truly matters. Though. Exactly. It's because we're the ones doing it, you know? We're the ones doing it. No one else has dared dive in as deep as we are diving. Um, no one else. <clears throat> now, Connor, I know, you know, you were aware of uh, this being a compilation of the Slap EP and 1000 Hours EP's existence. Um, and, you know, you, you, you have mentioned that you kind of viewed this as as one long block of songs that kind of blend together um in the past but i i just wanted to know kind of if if you had any thoughts or or you know prior ideas of of what these eps were or how this compilation was structured before like um because 
for me, I I didn't really give it much thought. You know, I I uh, you know really could could care less about um, the individual EPs right. until they they re-released these on vinyl, and and uh, I was able to get a copy of Thirty Nine Smooth that came with um, seven inches of the One Thousand Hours and Slappy EPs, like as like a package. And um, that after that, I kind of I separated them mentally, I guess. That is cool. And yeah, so I guess again, like I didn't make that distinction until we've been discussing it now, like you said. So uh, it is interesting to hear that you kind of got this like, um, f- you know, physical uh, vinyl, you know, like like this this real tangible way to listen to the music. And it's like, oh, yeah, like this, this is like really clear the way that it's um, segmented. And I, I think that that's pretty fucking rad. Um, my knowledge of the EPs is uh, pretty non-existent uh, in, in terms of, like, how the track list was. I always kind of assumed that the songs are, like, essentially in order, quote-unquote, on um, the the compilation here. I had to. That, like, they, that they just, like, sl- you know, slam the two EPs together and call it a day. But, uh, yeah, I, I really would have no idea if they shuffled songs around switched up the the track listing even like within the ep itself the only thing that i I, i'm pretty sure i know is that one of the eps i think the cover for it is like a dog it's like a bulldog right i was just gonna mention the cover this is the cover of the slappy ep it's kind of like pink and uh, yeah yeah it's a cover it's 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 a picture of a, a really cute dog and i maybe it maybe it is a bulldog i guess that that fits the description uh with with its tongue wagging out it's it's a very very yeah. it's a very cool cover i like it a lot it's you know obviously dogs are cute and um i don't know just kind of it, it feels very green day you know um and the shade of pink reminds me now of kind of the the aesthetic for the new album um mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's nothing, nothing too important, but just, just a little thought in my brain. So yeah, that's got a cool cover. Um, the other EP does not really, it's just solid green, uh, in the background. So this, this is, this is one of their cooler, uh, covers. Uh, yeah, Connor, let's dive into the freaking song. The first song on this EP happens to be Paper Lanterns, which I... I I you know we've said this for a few songs so far but this is kind of a big one. This is a big song yeah. in Green Day's repertoire. Um it just it just is. This this is is one of the songs that they have played live the most from this era. Um and especially in the 90s it kind of uh it it kind of took on a life of its own. Um so, so yeah, Connor, give me a rundown of kind of your thoughts on uh, on on maybe you know your feelings on Paper Lantern just just being a Green Day fan, growing up a Green Day fan. It's a uh, you know straightforward, no BS kind of song that um, yeah feels feels like it kind of just. Uh, rips its way through beginning to end um so i i have always liked this song and like you're saying it is it is a a, a larger more well-known song from this era something that they yeah uh have played live a lot and so i guess it just kind of feels like 
being within the Green Day fan, like, they, I don't know, there's a kind of, like, osmosis where eventually you just kind of recognize, like, yeah, this is, like, one of the uh, 39 Smooth Out Slappy Hours. Like, this, this is one of the, the bangers, you know? Um, that being said, I have always liked this song, but I just get the feeling that I have not always liked it as much as a lot of other fans do. Like... If I were choosing, hey, like what's what you know, what are gonna be like the the songs that kind of stand head and shoulders above the rest on on this whole thing, I can pretty safely say I wouldn't pick Paper Lanterns. I think it's um it is still like a great song. Uh I, I guess I'm just not really sure why this is the one that caught on. But but then again, um, you know, maybe it makes sense, like, cause again, like I'm sort of thinking about it as as uh, a you know, thousand thirty nine smooth out slappy hours as as like one big thing, and yet if you're considering the release here and and you think about like okay, here's the album, here's one EP, here's the other, or one EP, here's the album, here's the other rather, right? Um, I guess maybe when this dropped, it felt like this this could have been like the clear standout on the EP for a lot of people. Maybe that's why it's so enduring, but but packaged along with everything else. I think it's a good song. I just, uh, I don't think I've ever connected with it the way I think a lot of other fans have. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. And, um, I, I think that there's a few reasons for feeling that way. And I, I, I mean, as much as I love this song, I, I do think, um, we're kind of in the same boat here. Um, but yeah, thinking about kind of where, where it's placed, it, it was released after the debut album came out on the EP that followed it up. And it kind of feels like it is, the, like this EP could even be viewed as like riding the hype train between their debut album and then what turns into Kerplunk, you know? Like, um, mm. So I, I, I can maybe see a, a bit of excitement that this this ep had caused and it kind of maybe felt like uh them being on the cusp of the next thing or something um and uh as far as like holding it in the the hearts of fans like i do think a lot of fans like really love this song deeply and part of that i think is because it's attached to a lot of great green day moments like um this song was a live staple, um, especially in the nineties. Essentially it was used at, you know, in the position that they use like minority to, you know, today uh, it, it's, it's a long extended jam where, you know, Mike is just playing that bass part and Billy is, uh, getting unhinged with the crowd and saying all kinds of crazy things that he did, you know, said in the nineties. Um, and so, <clears throat> obviously, the moment at Woodstock like really sticks in people's heads. That, that you know, I, I think the mud fight was during this song, um, or part of it. And uh, then the jaded in Chicago performance of the song is also like really renowned. I was looking up, um, you know, on YouTube, people just talking about how much or how many memories it brings back from from watching you know them on on the television, and that, that this is a moment that they were like, man, this this band is this band is something else, you know? Uh, right. And that kind of was dropped by the time we became fans. Um, it was not a staple in their life set anymore. Um, yeah. So, so I think it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's an interesting one about, you know, where, where it sits because in the context of the actual, 
um, compilation. It, I mean, you know, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't stand out. Not that it's not a a great song, but that it's just surrounded by other great songs and some that are that are better. You know. Yeah, that is kind of how I, I I think about it. And this song, um, you know, I also I think I use the word like straightforward to describe it. And I, I think it's a good strength of it. You know that. Um, it pretty much does what it does and it doesn't waste any time. I like how lean the song feels. So it's kind of funny you're mentioning how when they played it live, they would kind of extend it or, or stretch it out and maybe get it up to some shenanigans. Um, that's, that's funny to me. I, I wouldn't guess that this would be the song that they would kind of, uh, you know, elongate to, to give them that time to do that. But, I, but I could see it working. Um, so, so that's kind of funny, but yeah, I just, um, it, I, I guess I feel like as a listener, uh, just going through the track itself, I, I like every part of this song, and, and there are some standout um, bits. Um, but but something about it just doesn't doesn't feel like uh, so distinct to me. I guess it it feels like it kind of gets lost by uh, with within like the swirl of everything else. So yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, I'm, I'm still looking forward to talking about the song. I, I do have a few things about it specifically that I, that I want to shout out. Pretty much all good things. So I, I don't want it to sound like um, that I think the song is, yeah, like bland or, or forgettable or anything. I, I don't feel that way. Um, just that, yeah, just that it's it's never it's never been one that uh, that I felt like fully connected to. Sure. So. Yeah. No, I think that's fair i um i you know listening to this song today i i really feel like it is a prototype or an early an early version of what they do in the 90s quite a bit obviously it's it's it starts off with a pretty um signature billy joe riff right and then the drums come in with with what is is pretty much the intro to welcome to paradise you know um and so it it just kind of seems like uh th- them working out things that they would go on to perfect later on i guess um mm. and i you know that that's that's kind of why why i love it because you can kind of see the seeds of of a lot of other songs in in this one um and I I I think it's it's fun as hell live. Um, you know, I, th- I think maybe it's a better live song than a than a studio song. But um, but yeah, we can we can talk about that in a bit. Connor, what what were your your thoughts now coming back to this this song after a little while? Um, kind of picking picking apart the pieces individually mm. and and all together. Uh, it did feel like a good point to jump back in not to belabor the point but now it's like yeah you know it seems so clear that we're we're going from the end of the album to the ep portion and that is part of what i liked about uh looking more closely at this song the the way that it opens the very first line now i rest my head from such an endless dreary time um thinking about this as as kind of the introduction to the ep portion i was like oh like that that's kind of funny that uh they they started with this first line using the word rest because it it feels like 
the judge's daughter is sort of smack dab in the middle of the song rest just before it. And now like this song opening with kind of that, you know, may- maybe like borrowing some of that like feeling or, or imagery where it's like, okay, like we, uh, we, we wrapped up the album, but like, this is still going on. Right. Yeah. And it, it feels like it's kind of, it's kind of like picking up where it ends, but, but with a twist. Cause obviously the song is not rest. I'm not saying like musically, but it's more like that idea of it's like, you know, Billy is, is in, in the midst of all this like turmoil and anguish and, un- and uncertainty and like, that's a lot of what this song is about is like trying to kind of like get a clearer headspace and and then it's like impossible you know it's like you're you're trying to like find some sort of calm in the storm and and every time you feel like okay like i i can i can chill for a minute right it's like everything gets shaken up again and that's kind of what like this song i feel like sort of represents in the track list where it's like you you think things are ending here's the end of the album right and then it's like no, you know, Psych. we're we're coming back at it from this other this other angle and we get like this weird uh different different like take on rest to me. Again, not the song, but like feeling like it's it's taking like sort of that idea and it's almost like a mad funhouse mirror reflection in my mind. That that's how I thought about like the the track list shift where the judge's daughter is like this this big finale to the record and and just before it and then just after it with this line you get like that play on rest and and those two different ideas of it no i think that that makes sense and and it it you know it is a fun way to look at it because now i rest my head from such an endless jury time you're like well was that that endless jury time was the the album we just listened to all the turmoil that that Billy yeah. was in with girls, you know, and then, you know, he's he's finally, he, you know, it's almost like he's saying, "I'm done. I need a break from, from all these, you know, these these love games. You know, I need a break from, from you know, dating and pining over these women." Um, and then he, and then it's like, "Bud, you're you're fucking seventeen years old. That's not gonna happen." <laughs> you know, right like, yeah yes like you're, you're you're not getting off the hook that easy um yeah and yeah sure enough he's he's right back at it falling into his old uh tricks and um and, and yeah th- this is another song about unrequited love um mm-hmm. and uh, you know there, there's so many songs about the uh, uh similar thing it is it's really impressive to me how how each one really does feel unique um and at this point it's it's kind of like all right we've had eight eight of these songs already like let's move on to something else but um yeah. but but no i mean i i i think it still sounds fresh and and uh, you know i think the lyrics on this one are actually pretty darn good especially the you know that opening line is that is iconic to me. That's like something that like I'm excited to to jump in and sing along to. Um, and you know, I think the chorus is 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 another heavy hitter. It's a it's 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 really catchy. And then you know, shouting out, "I still think about you." Like that's yes, that's that's classic Green Day. Yes, a hundred. Uh-huh. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's, that's the other thing is like just how, 
uh, like catchy and and hooky this chorus feels because like before I, you know I'm like ah oh, you know I, I don't think I've ever really I've never really been like uh, exactly on the same page of this song and and that's true again like I don't I don't feel like this is um, necessarily one of my favorites but every time I'm listening to this song and it gets to the chorus I'm just like man this chorus is so good this is just such a um, great sing-along with with this really awesome energy to it that that has a way of of feeling like fun and um i don't think melancholy is quite quite the the right word it's not like billy is sad necessarily but like he's he's expressing this feeling of uh you know just being like what the fuck you know it's like i, th I thought i was over all this shit and um you know, it's like, I just don't have, I don't have control over, like, what I'm thinking about all the time, right? It's like, thoughts, thoughts will just pop into your head, uh, uninvited, right? And that's, that's true for pretty much everybody. And I, I think that this chorus captures that really well. It's never happened to me. Oh, that's why I said pretty much everybody. Yeah. I wanted the qualifier just in case. Um, so you're... You're, you're just like what? Yeah. <laughs> what like, is he? What is he talking about? You know. I mean, I'm pretty sure people have control of their thoughts. It's not like I just think about uh, things, you know, out of nowhere, and then like it like fucks up my entire day or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you wouldn't crazy. know. You wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. No. No. You, intrusive, you wouldn't know anything about that. Intrusive thoughts are um, the foreign concept to me. No. Of yeah. course. Of course, this is a very uh, relatable uh, subject matter. It's something that happens, especially with relationships. Um, uh, and I, I actually think that, that this is... It's, it's, it's cool because it doesn't... Like, you know, Billy's not trying to pretend that this is the first time he's been through this, right? Like, like this is maybe the first song that's like... Ah oh, fuck! It's it's you know it, this keeps on happening. When will it stop? Like uh, yeah. you know, th it's an endless dreary time. You know, it's like I can't fucking get away from this shit. I'm plagued by by all of these uh, false false promises of romance. And um, that's true. I think that's that's a a, a big um, part of his his uh, challenge that that this song is written about. Yeah, I do think it's very much, it's like much more explicit about it here. I, I remember when we were talking about going to Pasolacqua, we also kind of mentioned, hey, maybe that Here We Go Again opening line is um, sort of on that, that same subject or a similar kind of subject where it's like, man, I just cannot rid myself of these feelings. But um, even that feels very different because... You know, in that song, it it feels like Billy's sort of riding this high. You know, he's um, he's he's really uh, kind of in the middle of of this. Uh, it's like the honeymoon really period. romanticized kind of journey, right? Yeah, it's like everything everything feels good, and now here it's sort of like um, a bit of the the flip side of the coin. Yeah, where it's like, man, this is more haunting than anything. Yeah, it's like leave leave me the fuck alone yeah um, absolutely um <clears throat> and i mean just i'm 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 assuming now and i think you know i i might be able to be proven wrong pretty easily i don't know green day historians out there please correct me um if if i am wrong but it does it does feel like this is maybe 
an intentionally um, not condensed, but tighter. It, it just feels like a tighter structured song than a lot of the songs on, on the record. Um, mm-hmm. And in that way, it does kind of seem like, oh, he's kind of stepping up his songwriting game. And this does kind of seem like it's maybe, maybe one of the first steps to the bridge between uh, you know, this early era and then Dookie. Um, just because the, 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 you know, guitar riff, the drums, it all kind of seems like, you know, it's, it, it's a formula that just kind of keeps on getting better with each, with each attempt. Like even down to the, the, the intro and the drums were like, like in my head, I'm just like thinking like it was definitely Billy that's like instructing the Kiffmeister to you know play like that he's like yeah just just you started off with a do 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 you know um and yeah i think you know brought the same thing into uh kerplunk with welcome to paradise um and, and obviously it's something that trey kind of perfected um but it's just kind of a fascinating artifact as you know me being like a songwriting nerd like i can kind of clearly pick out parts that seem like evolved versions of 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 what they did on the first record and and you know it, it it does feel like it is kind of building up to what becomes the green day 90s sound yeah i get what you mean and and it is funny to think of this as like the transition point because then then there's the parts of it that feel very much of this this beginning 39 smooth era too we've talked a lot about how um, there's just more reliance on solos and this song has a really prominent, pretty killer uh, guitar solo here. So it, it, it does feel like it kind of has a foot in both worlds still. For sure. And, um, and makes it, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe a kind of an interesting fusion in that way. But I, yeah, I do really like the solo here. My other thoughts on it was, uh, that we felt like when we got to the judge's daughter like that's the ultimate solo the the record sort of closes out with this this big triumphant kind of amazing uh showcase of billy's guitar playing skills and then like as this compilation continues and we get into the ep stuff it sort of feels like the uh the mask is off a bit, you know, Billy's like, okay, like you kind of, you know, you kind of heard what I, what I can do. Right. So like, we're not going to pretend I'm not soloing now. Right. So let's, let's get to it. And this song just felt like a really direct continuation of that, that too, where it's like, okay, like we're just gonna do this now. Like we're, we're, we're really going to lean into it. And, and, uh, I thought that was like a cool way of, uh, kind of carrying that thread. Cause yeah. the solo here really, uh, it, it's just really sharp. It's it's a really fucking awesome solo. It is, yeah. No, it it's a killer one, and especially like coming after the judge's daughter, it does feel like, um, not not an extension of it, but but it feels like it it's it's an evolution of it almost. Where, um, you know, he he pulls some of the same tricks. Like it is kind of a bit hair metally and welcome to the jungley a little bit, but. It, it it feels like decidedly more groovy or more you know more mm-hmm. groove rhythm based than the judge's daughter solo and i i you know like that a lot um so so yeah it's a, it's it's a cool evolution off of um kind of that that mind blowing solo from the judge's daughter um 
Agreed. And I mean, that's why it, it makes a killer uh, part where they go extendo mode and, and stretch this out for 15 minutes live. You know, it's, we, we got a killer solo <laughs> and, and Mike's bass playing. So in, in this song, this is another one of the songs um, on bass that I, I really do feel like is understated. He's playing in the pocket. You know, Mike is, is, is really in service of the song. The big difference, though, is that for the vast majority of this song, Billy is is pretty much just doing power chord riff, you know, mode, and um, the, th- that's kind of when this production really, really shines. Because um, the the guitar on this record is it's it's airy, it's thin, not in a bad way, but just in like a lo-fi way, and I you know I like it. Um, the bass, though, the bass. It's so warm and so punchy, and I mean, it 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 really, it's it's just, it 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 makes a song. It's like the glue that that brings the the drums and guitar together. It's it's a uh, it is it's the centerpiece of the song. It really carries it um, because you you know you kind of feel like the the guitar is kind of up in the air a little bit, and then the drums are are uh, you know in a pit down below and uh the the bass really bridges bridges the gap and um doesn't have to be flashy to do that and do it well yeah i'm I'm with you on that too especially that feeling of like it being um understated but sturdy it's like it's there it's present it's important but as i was like listening to the song even when I tried to like lean my ear more towards it, it it kind of feels like it's um, yeah more of that bedrock rather than like yeah. oh yeah wow Mike's Mike's really you know going going crazy there or like it it doesn't have really uh, the flourishes that we sometimes shout out like they'll they'll kind of like make space uh, maybe between the verse and the chorus or something for for Mike to just lay down a little bit of a groove before he goes back into that more standard rhythm. But um, like you're saying, it's this this song is like just too lean for that. It's really like kind of sharpened to this razor's edge where everything that's there is is all like in service to uh, just making this song as as pointed and driving as it can be. And I. I, I do think, like in that regard, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, even even without those little flourishes that Mike is known for, just kind of even mimicking the the guitar riff, the the bum 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 bum. Those are like fun, fun, bouncy bass moments that, like, you know, the bass stands out more than the guitar in those moments. You know, and and uh, yeah, I, I I I've got a lot of love for. Uh, for for Mike's performance on this song, um, Connor, what do we think about uh, what do we think about the Kiffmeister? Where you know where where is he landing here? I, I think very very solid performance. The parts that really stood out to me were um, you already mentioned the very intro of the song and. Even in the outro, he kind of gets uh, some moments to, to punctuate the the track as it's as it's ending there. Yeah, it's great. But um, I really love he has like these uh, these rolling kind of drum fills uh, here and there throughout the song, where it feels like he you know he's he's going from uh, left to right across the whole kit, and uh, just just sounds really great. And um, 
I also really like the moment with those those quick. I think again, it's like a tambourine shake where uh, in the chorus, you know, Billy says when when he has the I still think about you moment. You know, everything kind of cuts out before the the song. All all the pieces come back together, and uh, it's like to this day I'm asking why I still yeah yeah you know? yeah. Um, so it just it just works really well to kind of give that emphasis to that line to that end of the chorus before the song just kind of uh kicks back in and i i really like carving out those moments to show like just how important it is for what you add to the song and what you take away right like that's that's a really small tiny moment where things kind of drop out and just just having that little small bit there really like beefs that lineup for me really really makes that end of that chorus feel like it has an impact and the the drums are are a big part of that yeah yeah no i i i agree i think um i think there's two ways to look at it you know i i i did mention that the intro to this song is very much uh a, a prototype to the intro to welcome to paradise um now, obviously, I think Trey fucking plays the hell out of that song. I really do. Um, this song, could could Trey improve it by playing on it? Well, we've seen videos of him playing it live, and yeah, he fucking destroys it. He demolishes it. Um, for a stadium performance of this song, I think, yeah, Trey is your guy. I think that's, that is what you want. But one thing that Trey wouldn't do is is you know i'm gonna point to the ending where where you know you you did reference he's got a cool uh the kiffmeister has a cool um little thing at the end where you know it's like dum boom boom you know and and it's it's kind of his his classic way it's it's like a classic stilted kind of uh move that 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 he's made throughout the his his time with the band that um I you know it's 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 not as lucid and bombastic or smooth as as Trey would you know would would uh, do it but um but it really adds a charm I think to to the performance as a whole especially kind of with the DIY um lo-fi production quality it just kind of mm-hmm. takes you back to the garage almost you know it's like a it, it's kind of a fun off the cuff way to end the song like like it wasn't planned to, to to be end you know to 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 uh, end like that. It's kind of like the, just the, the drummer fucking around at the end, and everyone kind of plays along a little bit. Yeah, it to me it kind of has this feeling of someone like slamming the brakes unexpectedly. You know, it feels like yeah. the song could keep going, or but but obviously there has to be like that transition moment between going sixty miles an hour and then zero, and. And that sort of bit there at the end, I feel like, is that that like really quick, sudden sort of like going as fast as they were to stopping. That's where you get that sort of like stilted sort of sound because it's like every everything is like coming to a halt so quickly, and yet it also can't just stop in like in that one exact abrupt moment. And so like that's that's what kind of stitches all that together, and. Um, it does, uh, yeah. It does. It does. It does feel good. It does feel like um, it. It has a uh, garage, garagey kind of feeling where, yeah, you know, it's like maybe they weren't even really sure how it was going to end, and then they're like, all right, well, let's just fucking go for it and see what we do. And then like that, that was just the take they kept, you know. Yeah, I, you know, e- e- 
even more towards that point, like I, I, uh, I, I've read that this was only recorded in a, in, in just a few short hours. Um, and so the, the, the EP itself, not just this song, the, the, the whole oh, of say, the yeah. four song EP was recorded in just a few hours. And, um, that ending part, it's, it's like fading out while, while the, the last drums are, are being played. So it does, it's just a, it's just a pretty cool off the cuff kind of, uh, feeling, um, at the end. So I mm-hmm. really do appreciate that. Uh, the Kiffmeister is not being voted off the Island just yet. He can stay, <laughs> he can stay, uh, for just a little bit longer, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to vote him out. I mean, um, uh, you know we've we've talked about this we've talked about this but I, this this song if if we were being serious about our voting uh, you know th- this would not be a strike against him no no i don't think so either no. um <clears throat> connor do you have any other like standout moments or or parts that you wanted to point out just uh just like one or two quick things having to do with one other line in the in the song and and billy's uh I was gonna say Villy's vocal performance. <laughs> Vil Vil Vallo. That's the guy from yeah. him. Remember that oh, guy? Oh, I was. I, I oh, I do remember him. Yeah, the the Hardogram. The Hardogram. Yes, I think they're yeah. still. I think they're still going strong. Are they? Huh. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, somewhere there's a place for like all those all those bands of that era. It's like somewhere. Uh, him and Hawthorne Heights and NXS and I don't know. Are you lumping NXS in with Hawthorne Heights and uh, him? To I don't know. To me, I'm not saying like sound wise. I just feel like I I don't know. Like NXS, in my head, I, NXS is like a classic rock band that had a reality show. Yeah, but show. no, no, no. Yes, no, exactly. But then, dude, that was that was the time when that show was going on. It was, and it I was, remember was. when they got that new singer that they were like uh, pushing this like music video on Fuse at the time where like he's like riding on the hood of this car I think like um it ain't pretty uh, yes thank you yes 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 it no that's exactly what i'm thinking of it leaves you with no place to go so so this isn't me saying like oh these are the same but like that's when i when i like flash my my mind back to that time that's what i think of so well you that's, you That's bought, where the wires are getting crossed. You bought me that CD. Yeah, I remember for your birthday. birthday. Yeah, yeah. Y- y- it was that, and then um, Hot Hot Heat, right? Yes, uh, Elevators. Ele- Elevator, yeah. yeah. That that's a Elevator, that's a great yeah. album. Um, I I was a big fan of that uh, that reality show, the where they were the NXS because NXS their original um, singer. Actually, this is this is really weird because uh, d- this does relate to Green Day. This. It's it, dude. It's like always six degrees of Green Day. It is All six right, degrees of Green Day. Um, okay, so NXS's original lead singer died. Um, I and and I I I'm not saying that this this is a 100 percent certainty. This is what I've heard. Uh, died of autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> okay, so, okay, so, yeah. So, <laughs> So the reality show was, you know, the, the band in excess. They were picking a new, a new lead singer, to you know, t- 
take the place of their old singer that died of autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, um, allegedly, right? Allegedly. But, but, but we'll say that we'll yes. say that like we know it's true for yeah, sure. Well, well, okay. So 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 here's the the Green Day connection on the Network album Money Money 2020 Part Two. Uh, there is a song called I think it's called Asphyxiate actually that Trey sings. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. And um. He there's a direct reference to NXS, like the 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 he, like he he names the band NXS in that song, and <laughs> references that, which is hilarious. Wow, um, wow, yeah, uh, that is that is funny. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's not much more to say about that. It's just kind of a it's it's weird that it that it happens. It's a it's a it's a thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I mean, you know, he's in a better place now, so that's all. That's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, probably, right? Probably. Well, better than being in a, in in excess, probably. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> that was the only way out, I guess. I don't uh, yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so. And who knows? Maybe we'll cover that song one day. I don't know. Maybe we will. Ten years. It's from gonna now. be a long. It's gonna be a long time from now, but. Uh, yeah, that's it's it's somewhere on the list, way in the future. Okay, where were we? Uh, here's, here's, yeah, here's what I was gonna say about the song. Oh right, I said there was a line I wanted to talk about, and then oh yeah, Villy's vocal performance. That's where this <laughs> Good started. Old okay, Villy Vo, Villy yeah, Villy Wo. There we are. I uh, I like the line. I do not mind if all I am is just a friend to you. All I want to know right now is if you think about me too. We, uh, I think it was on our judge's daughter uh, discussion where we were like saying, man, it'd be so easy for Billy's songwriting given the um, topics he's like always covering of pining after girls and uh, this and that. It'd be really easy for them to feel like they're coming from a, what what we think of today as a, a like an incel kind of perspective and and this was another line that jumped out at me i feel like as being very much against that where um billy's incorporating into the song you know this idea where it's like hey if uh you don't feel that way about me it's it's okay. It's like, I just need to know, like you're on my mind so much and I'm having all of these like raging feelings inside of me that I kind of just need like an answer so I can sort all this shit out. But I, I really like that he includes this line where it's sort of like, Hey, no pressure though. You know, it's, he's, he's, he's like, I get it. You know, if, if, if you don't like me, like I, I do get it. I do. Um, but I need some kind of an answer so I can like start the process of like figuring out what the fuck to do. Yeah. And I, I thought that was, it's just a really small moment in the song, but it's a moment that I appreciate because it, it does, I think kind of lend this, this more level headed feeling to it where it's like, yeah, Billy writes a lot about like feeling crazy, you know, f feeling like, um, navigating through his adolescence is, is like literally he's losing his mind. Right. But I, I feel like he's always very careful to, to sort of place that on himself and not to 
not to like unload that burden on others. So he's like, hey, like I'm I am the one who's crazy. He's like, I get it if you if you think I'm fucking crazy, you know. Um, and so I, I appreciate the line for I think lending some of that feeling to the song. I, I was wondering if you agree or, or what you think about that. Yeah, no, I I absolutely do agree. And I know we had um, you know, not 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 really misgivings with the judge's daughter, but that was part of the conversation where. You know, we're like, oh, some of the the lyrics on this one are kind of immature compared to his perspective on on the the rest of the record, which is impressive. Yeah, for like a 16, 17, 18 year old, you know, like and uh, this is a good example of. um, Yeah, I guess kind of being self-aware and and knowing that that's not this other person's burden. It's it's your own, you know, and that. uh, Yeah there's no obligation to you um in any way and i think yeah i mean uh that's that that, that's a big part of what makes it you know appealing i think um i i think uh maybe that's one of the reasons why you know green day attracted a fan base of of you know young women too in the early days especially um because it doesn't have that um that particular late 80s brand of you know uh toxic masculinity um and it's even kind of sad that that it's it's like jarring in a way in 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 today's age you know that it's like wow that's that's it's impressive like you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it should just be like oh it's a normal thing but you know we're we're kind of inundated with with examples of uh of the opposite or of an entitlement um especially coming from the the male perspective absolutely and so it's like you kind of can see it's like hey you know no wonder green day uh you know we're we're inspired to write saviors and yeah. you know drop that in 2024 because yeah things are not necessarily better completely yeah for a lot of things so yeah it's um i it, it, it is something that i think makes the the song feel like it has has aged well and yeah overall i do think that's a kind of a big um point in uh this this album's favor favor <laughs> favor i'm getting all my i'm getting all my wires crossed goddamn because yeah yeah like you said it's it's not a sense of entitlement it's like it's very much Billy being like, "Hey, you know, this is this is kind of like my own shit that I have going on." <laughs> yeah. Um, not not that he's owed anything. So so that's cool. The the only other thing I wanted to mention was I I just had to shout out uh, Billy's singing on you know I've had you on my oh yeah I find it hard to keep control when. You're with your boy Thrill. Oh yeah, that that's very much a thing. So, I don't know. I mean, is that a Creed moment for you? It, what do you think? It kind of is. I mean, it's it, it does give Creed vibes again. It, <laughs> it is, it's so funny to me. It is. It's Creed before Creed. Like almost. Yeah. It almost makes me think like the lead singer of Creed like learned how to sing listening to like these two songs. You know, like yeah. Whatever Maybe. the other Green Day song is that we compared Creed to, it almost feels like th- those are the only things that he that this guy listened to, and then was like, "This is how people sing." 
No, yeah, I'm I mean, gonna, obviously I'm gonna make that's this my whole identity. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's not true, but it, but it is, it, it is very funny, and it's also funny that like it's kind of a, uh, an affectation that Billy largely dropped. I think after this record, I don't, I don't even know if there's any examples of it on Kerplunk. Like it's, it's a. Uh, it's kind of a uh, bit of a it's a bit of an anomaly in in, in Green Day's early uh, discography. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's 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 one of those things where it's not necessarily even like it goes away. It just morphs yeah into something else because mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about you know on um, on uh, some later songs that we're going to get into. Like there's there's some real unintelligible singing and so i I do think it kind of like just turns into something else eventually yeah no i think that's that's probably true i think i think his entire style is continuously evolving um the last thing that i wanted to point out and this kind of is it's it's a good uh transition from what you had to say this is also about billy's vocals um there is a little part that i like that's in the background during the like the bridge solo part where um once in a while, Billy does like these weird, like droney vocals, like, like, you know, like, like really kind of, yeah, I don't even know what to call it, but I think it's something he learned from the replacements. Cause they, they do that sometimes. And there's two other examples I can think of. He does this in the missing you demo on demolicious where he goes and then also on happiness uh, from the long shot where in in the yeah, intro yeah. Goes, he goes oh like it's, it's just like a yeah. fun <laughs> I don't know it's just a fun thing that he does like it's it's kind of like this this like weird um incomprehensible garbled uh humming I guess that uh that's I don't know. I I find kind of fun or funny, and and so it, it's it's way in the background on this one, but it is there. Yeah, I was gonna say it is funny because when you mention that being on happiness, I'm like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. But even having just listened to this song, Paper Lanterns, I'm like struggling to think about where that is. That I think I'd have to re-listen and and really uh, re- really try to point that out because I did not catch it. But uh, I believe you. That's funny. Yeah, just another, not, not, you know, another Billy Joeism that uh, started earlier than than I I thought it did. Um, all right, Connor, anything you want to uh, to cover before we move on to other segments? No, I feel ready to keep this train moving. All right, let's keep it moving then, uh, Connor. I think you know what the next segment is. Uh. Words I should have known. Sure. <laughs> was that? It? I don't know. Yeah, that's what it's called. I think. I think that's kind of how we've been doing it. Now we sing. Um, now we sing the theme song. I don't know how it goes. How's it go? Just tell Just me, tell me the, the words, words I should have known. The words might have known, known. Or might have known. Or should have known. Yeah. Yeah. We'll work. We'll we'll come back to that. We'll too, workshop but, uh, it. We're we're a work we in progress. We will, I don't know. It's like we're, we're jumping back into it. You know, it's like we've it's not that we've had a break, but talking about Savior so much is like now we're now we're coming back into the uh, the the podcast proper. And it's like yes. I'm kind of uh, getting my feet wet again. Here, yeah, you know what I mean, I agree. I mean, it's it's kind of like we, it, it was the opposite of a break for us, but it was yeah. it was it was because um, we're always working. That's that's what makes us the only Green Day podcast that truly matters. They, you know, um, some people are calling us the hardest working podcasters in America. 
Yeah. Some people have said that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it uh, all over social media. It is inescapable. And you know who you are, you know, um, those people who have said that. Just know that we appreciate you, and the recognition just just means the world to us. So and thanks. and you are absolutely right, because we, we are, by oh, far. Yeah. By far the hardest yeah. workers in all of podcast nation. Yeah, for sure. So the lyrics. Um, this is one of those songs where... I feel like everything is actually really clearly sung. Um, it's all, it feels like it's all like there. Um, so I don't have a moment to point out except for, I guess, you know, in the first verse, the very last line of the first verse when Billy says, but now and then I'll see you again. And it puts my heart to test that last part it puts my heart to test i think that's the only part where i'd be like i don't really know what he's saying there but everything else i think is is pretty pretty solid and and pretty intelligible to me so that's the only moment i would i would point to for myself yeah i i don't really have any moments either to uh to pinpoint the the yeah the lyrics are intelligible billy does a good job at uh enunciating is that the word about intelligible? Because intelligible sounds like intelligent, right? But I yeah. do think that's the word you would say to I, be like, I think I is. get what you're saying, right? Yeah, I think that's the word. Unintelligible does mean the opposite of that. All right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm also pretty sure. And I went to school for words. So you did, you went to word school. I did. You graduated and from I know the word academy. Almost. I know almost every word. So Wait, wait, wasn't it like like Wordle, Wordle U? <laughs> you went to Wordle U? Uh, yeah, what's your point? Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm, just not, I'm just not really sure what you're trying to say. But that's just kind that of out. a prestigious school. Like, you know, it's a... Yeah, thank you. The the, the uh, inventor of the app, Wordle, he founded it. Yeah. A couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, no, it's... It's funny you're saying that like I don't know like I like I went to Wordle U and you're presenting that like that's no idea yeah, new no, information to me of or course something. no 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 mean to you know I, I did not mean to disrespect you that was not my intention um yeah I don't know uh just just kind of funny that the inventor of the app started a university kind of yeah I I I have heard comparisons to like Kanye's like Donda Academy and also, oh yeah, no, no one, like um, no University. one will hire me. Yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> it was. Of, I, I, I lost a lot of money. It kind of seems um, like a dark mark on your record, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm not judging you. I'm not judging again. Right. It's just, you know, it was an opportunity, and you went for it, and you know, the, the fact, the fact remains is that I did learn words. It's, it's just a lot of them end with all. <laughs> yes. So. And I mean, I, I did find it interesting that the only way to get into that school was to get like a get, get a high score in on the app in the game Wordle. You had to get the that's that's not weird. Okay. It's Wordle. It's, it's Wordle. You. Oh, I, I mean, know. I, I know. Um, I know. But just like that's not how it works at like other like like real universities. Like you, they, there's other ways you get into those. All right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I just, you know, you know, you know all about attending real universities, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I you're intimately familiar. Well, with hey, I, 
I have visited a few. I have I have been on the campus of a few of a few different universities that's right. actually. That's, that's right. Just and the you, truth. And you 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 could say no more than that. You could say no more than that. That's all I got. That's as far as you can say. Okay, Connor. Have we have we seen this song live? Have we have we, have we heard this one live? What do you think? I'm pretty damn sure that we have. Yeah, I, I think that we have heard this song. I feel I mean, like, I can't be like, oh, yeah, I remember this, this show. Oh, we were at, you know, wherever the fuck. But listening back to this song, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard this live. That's that's where I, I stood. Um, and then I looked it up. And I I had really almost been certain that I. I had seen this song live with you, you know, maybe even more than once. Um, but based on my research and I, I, I really could be wrong. Um, uh, you know, Setlist FM could be wrong. I, I could have forgotten shows that we've been to. Um, but according to set to, to the internet, I, I've only seen it live once. And that was at Irving Plaza in 2012. I see. It doesn't seem right to me. I, 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 I feel like there is an error on somebody's part because I I just feel like I've seen that more than once. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and, you know, we've seen Green Day a lot of times together. So, I, I mean, again, like, I, I have not been uh, shy about this, but, like, I can't, I don't even know how many times I've seen them. I can't remember all the shows I've been to. But I know that you can. So I mean, kind of. I, I feel I feel pretty certain that like your memory on this is probably pretty accurate because you have a very strong mind for these kinds of things. And if if what you found and what you pulled up shows that the shows that you and I have been to together, they did not play it. I think you're probably right. I think this is uh, just a case of mistaken memory. Yeah, it's probably just such a ubiquitous well-known big green day song like we've said that i was just like yeah sure you know i mean i my my memory is very faulty so i was just like yeah why not you know sounds like i would have heard it but maybe not so yeah i mean uh i i i do think our our memory um getting worse in our old age is probably to blame i mean we are both over the hill it's understandable um the old the old noggin starts to starts to lose its its function you know it starts to dry up um yeah and I, I think in our cases our, our noggins weren't even really that great to begin with no 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 um, no yeah they 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 were pretty pretty dry there you know let, let's just say that there is some shrinkage beforehand i'm starting to think that world you actually did not help i, I think maybe <laughs> i lost some more noggin power from going there i don't know i Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, might have been worse off, actually. I I think you would. I I think it would behoove you to maybe um, maybe get a group of 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 World U graduates together and maybe start a class action lawsuit against them because <laughs> yeah, right. It's, we I think we need to do something yeah, about this. You, you know, because I've I, I've seen a few of uh, the graduates, the alumni. They're they're not doing too hot. None of you are. I mean, here. Here you are, uh, never even been to school practically, and you're using words like behoove. Yeah, see? Wow. So what, is, I know. Uh, what does that say about I, me? I've never know? even stepped foot on, on that campus. So, <laughs> um, 
As always, folks, we're going to wrap the show up with uh, words from the anti-social media. But first, we will take a, uh, a break and hear some words from our sponsors. Okay, welcome back. And a big thank you to our sponsor of the week, which I'm reading now was Wordle. This uh, is awkward. Wow. Well, uh, this is awkwardle. This is quite the the conundrum, which is a a word you did not learn. Uh, no, your time I'm either. not even really sure you're using that correctly. Well, you know, it doesn't. I mean, I wouldn't. You wouldn't be the one that I would ask uh, about that. <laughs> okay, okay, um, okay. But no, you know, Wordle executives. I just want to say we. This is a comedy podcast. We were just we were just joking around. I I have the utmost respect for your university. Obviously, Connor, my co-host here, he received a fine education. A fine education. Um, he he he's become a, a substitute teacher, and you can't. I mean, it's not a, like a real teacher, but it's it's close enough that it's it's something to be proud of. Thanks. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm just not smart enough to even know if you're. <laughs> commending me or insulting me i just i don't know you know i'm just gonna just gonna smile and nod uh, hey that's 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 what it takes sometimes but no i mean seriously thank you to wordle and uh you know please don't revoke our our ad money we, we we really need that coming in to pay the bills we got bills to pay um anyways moving on uh we are going to cover some of our favorite people in the whole world people that scream into the void aka the anti-social media let's let's see what uh what the internet has to say about paper lanterns connor let's it's so this is a uh uh obviously it's a very beloved popular green day song so um there there was a fair bit of noise about it um probably more conversations about live performances than about the song itself um, but but still like a lot more chatter than than most of the the songs we've covered thus far. Um, the first one we have <laughs> the first one we have today is uh, from Elliot Atwood three thirteen. Uh, they say the first four albums up until Insomniac are fucking perfect. After that, I'm not a big fan. I'm a huge death metal fan, but punk rock is my guilty pleasure. Yeah, it sounds like they're just too hardcore for later green day yeah i mean just like once again though it's 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 really funny that insomniac is the cutoff in that like they they legitimately enjoy the the like the the first two albums especially this album where it's like literally it's just poppy bullshit like it's just poppy fucking songs about girls and it is crushes and it's it's like ear candy you know it's so 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 to say oh i'm a death metal fan but like i really have a you know it's it's my guilty pleasure you know it it's 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 just kind of funny to me um especially when i mean i don't know there's things in green days later later career that that you know i feel like maybe death metal fans would would be maybe more into but i mean yeah, or, I don't know. Or, I or at the very least, definitely go harder than what we get here on 39 Smooth. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, think there's kind of like this, uh, 
I think people get it twisted because there's like this narrative where it's like, oh, well, you know, I like I like Green Day's early stuff, you know, back when they were back when they were really punk rock, you know, before they sold out whenever you think that was or, you know, before they before they were too mainstream, um, which is like undeniably dookie, obviously. But like um, I, I just I think I think it's kind of a case of people believing the the narrative of more close-minded listeners uh who who just i think automatically assume like well the the stuff in in the earliest part of their discography has to be the most punk rock right just by the virtue of it just just the most diy grassroots underground kind of shit that they were doing like it just has to be the most fucking raw punk lo-fi kind of shit they were doing right it has to be and then like you listen to it and you're like yeah this is this is literally just all love songs written with power chords yeah yeah i i i I do think it's a it's a strange false narrative and you know you're right i think they are like trying to fit green day in the same box that they put like a lot of uh punk bands that that you know did um, attain mainstream success who who did have the trajectory of oh the uh, hardcore DIY shit then they get poppy as as you know they get more and more popular and they get on the radio and stuff like that is a tried and true trajectory that rock bands go on however it's not the trajectory that Green Day went on um, and so it's exactly. it is funny when they, they try to, to fit them in that box um, next up I, I'm introduced to a uh, a common theme uh, through these comments that, that, that you'll see. Um, Alex, Alex Xavier Beach says, did I just get friend-zoned? <laughs> I'm thinking he just yeah. got friend-zoned. Yep. So that's, that's kind of funny. You'll see this more in, in comments ahead, but like, I don't think that like was that a phrase back in the late 80s when this was written was was friend zone a thing no 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 i think that's definitely more of a recent a recent invention and again like a, a really that's the language of like the rise of incel culture yeah so that, yes yeah i yeah. don't think people always use that term in an incel derogatory derogatory way like i do think it's it's also like kind of uh it's left that that sphere and and now it's just something that people say and i don't think it's always done in a in a harmful way but like where that originates is from this yeah like that feeling of entitlement and and it's like oh well you know she's this is the way that they they look at me like i'm never going to be seen as like desirable or or as a possible uh, romantic partner i've been put into the friend zone no i i i think you're right because i'm like i it, it it makes me think right away of that that scrubs joke the scrubs uh fantasy that that jd has when elliot puts him in the friend zone he goes into this room with all the other guys that that she's friend zoned and so it makes me think mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like it, it started out as kind of like oh this is what happens to like the the quote unquote nice guys right like yes that oh poor poor nice guy and then obviously through the years you know i think we've had a realization that maybe those nice guys are not so nice you know and um yes and yeah then it's kind of become this this deranged thing so so yeah you're right you're right about uh where that language originates and and where where it's ended up um 
Big Dan forty two oh seven says, "Great song, but it's a simp song. <laughs> a song for simps." Yeah. Um, um that's most of thirty nine smooth. It really is. MetaMaster sixty five thirty five responds. They say people have really taken simp out of context. Billy was talking about being pushed into the friend zone after a relationship or a long friendship that could have turned into one. So, so they're kind of going to bat for Billy. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I can't not get a kick out of uh, using like this, this modern language for, for, for these, these green day songs from the early nineties. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, they're, they're, they're unique interpretations to me. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's, you know, it says a lot more about the commenter usually than anything. It, like, it kind of feels like projecting, you know, where it's like... Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, I don't know, because I, I just don't think that... I don't think that's the way that Billy sees it or writes about it on this song. Like, this isn't a song about him lamenting like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm in the friend zone and this fucking sucks. It's it's more of him like exercising these turbulent feelings in him, yeah, and kind of like like we talked about. I actually think that he sort of has an acceptance of possibly being friends. Like that's not his his fear, and that's not his hangup in this song. That's my interpretation. No, I think you're right, and I think it is more of just like I just need to know, right? Like I like I just yeah, just I don't want to live in limbo. Um, and yeah, that that entitlement uh, that is tied up in simp culture, I'll call it. I, 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 I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't but, like you using that refer, either. I yeah, I, I don't. I didn't like saying it. Feels they never nothing. talked about that at Wordle U. They they <laughs> never brought that up. So I don't know. I think that's where that word is invented. Actually, I don't know. Um, yeah, I was I was out of class that day. I don't know. <laughs> Stroller games. They say, back when Mike's bass was actually part of the song, not hidden behind tons of modern computer editions. But I love both old and new Green Day songs. Sounds like this guy's going to love Saviors. Oh, yeah. No, I, th- I think they'll love Saviors. And I, it's, it's funny because like, I, I think this is, um, this is kind of hyperbole. But I did have the thought that uh, in this song, Mike is really doing what he does in most records like american idiot and on where he's like playing to the song like he's he's playing in service of the song not doing much of of flash but the difference between this and that is is that there's there's way more room on this recording uh to actually hear mike's bass and and be impacted by it whereas like on american idiot and 21st century breakdown especially there's like tons of bells and whistles and lead guitar parts that um Unfortunately, they do obscure the bass, and uh, you know, I I I don't think that th- this is a really a problem for me, but it is something that I think is is real and does make me a a little bit sad. Like I kind of do wish I could hear the bass better on those records. So I you know this one I kind of do see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. That's true. Um, next up we have Jake Reader. They say. Both Green Days are amazing. Hmm. Now, what 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 the fuck does that mean? There's a, as far as I know, there's only one Green Day. <laughs> Come on, though. I 
We're talking about old Green Day, new Green Day. Yeah, I we're, know. We, I know. We we're talking about pre and post American Idiot, the two eras. It, I mean, it's just it's 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 very funny thinking about them as as two separate bands, though. Um, Will Will Avi forty eighty seven says, "Am I the only one who has friends that say I'm obsessed with Green Day?" Nope. Yeah, guess what, Will. You're not alone. You're not alone, buddy. We've we we've all been living with this curse for for our entire lives. Welcome to the club. Welcome to paradise. Welcome all to right. paradise, buddy. Yeah, Green Day fans. Yeah, baby. Okay, so this this is uh, I've got a few left. Just a couple left. Um, well, more than a couple, but a few. Oh come on, um, right. you know, wrap it the fuck up. Uh, Zoof Zoof PA says. I was literally in midair when he died. Thankfully, they didn't tell us until he landed. But to this day, I have never seen so many people cry, yell, sob, break down, whatever in my life, and still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and Devil's Offspring replies, <laughs> they say, huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> You probably posted to the wrong video. This is a Green Day song. <laughs> do, you, do you have any idea? Wow. Yeah. I can't believe it. You know, he I was know. in midair. He was literally in midair literally, when he died. And they didn't even tell anybody until, until oh they landed. That is wow. Okay. That is something. So, who could who could he be talking about, Connor? And how does he get to a Green Day video to to share this information? God only knows. I I I don't know if I could even hazard a guess. I mean, and I'm not going who, to. Who would be so important that they like they think that like they would announce over the intercoms on an airplane that they like Elvis? The Queen? Well, he didn't say that they that they announced it, you know. Well, but, but no, but but he was implying that like they that they should have like 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 you know they like like it was important enough where they could have done that. Well, no, I don't think he said that they were going to announce anything. He he says like I never I've never seen like so many people like crying or shocked or whatever said, in my okay. life. Right? He says thankfully they didn't tell us until we landed. So there, so that's like saying if they did, then it would have been chaotic or something, you know. Like, so I'm just thinking of like what universe. Well, I, I, I think I think have. it's just the I I think it's just the idea that oh, in what universe would they announce that someone died on the plane? Yes, I mean I think there's only one answer to that question. It's like if the captain of the plane died in mid-flight. I I think in that case they would especially not announce it well yeah and i mean that would make sense like thankfully they didn't tell us that the captain was dead they had it taken care of yeah because right. then, then i mean chaos... that's, that's what the co-pilot is for right yeah well yeah yeah um so yeah i i uh it's just kind of one of the more confounding comments that i found um next up we have <laughs> mr pancakes 45 uh okay they, 
<laughs> they say, as soon as the song started... Uh, I, by the way, I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. By the way, it doesn't matter what you read. After, like, my vote is 100%. I know maybe there's a, a conflict of interest here as a judge. I yeah. shouldn't even be announcing sure. this. But my vote is 100 fucking percent going to that motherfucker. <laughs> okay? So you can read as many other comments as you want, but it's not going to make a difference. So. Oh, but hey, hey, there, I've, got, I've got one left that I think might give a run for its money. We'll see. All right. Anyways, Mr. Pancakes, they say, as soon as the song started, I couldn't help myself. I was going to explode if I didn't. Uh, didn't didn't I, I i mean i don't know <laughs> does, that's where the comment does, ends does, does he uh does he think he's gonna pop i mean i it, it, it sounds to me like he thinks he's gonna pop like mr pancakes is gonna maybe, <laughs> maybe the batter is gonna you know maybe yeah. maybe some batter is leaking if you know what i'm saying right yes yeah maybe which um, makes me feel uncomfortable yeah but, absolutely yeah. like who wants that for breakfast right no i mean I, I literally ate pancakes this morning. Did so you? Did you? I'm not kidding. I yeah, yeah. I really did. And, and now uh, it feels weird because it's like, where does that batter come from? I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, may, maybe from Mr. Pancakes and his his lineage. Bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Mr. Pancakes, I I I appreciate that the song excited you. Um, I think that's a normal reaction. Don't don't worry. I think I think it's gonna be totally fine. Um, Zuzu Zuzu Simp ninety nine says, "Wow, I wonder where this is going." This whole album is a friend zone masterpiece. Uh, I mean, I I guess it's just one of those like I if you are that person. If you are that incel, you know you're 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 buying into all this shit. You're you're feeling entitled. You're feeling like you're owed these things. I think the unfortunate reality is is this is an album that you can very easily twist and warp to fit your narrative smoothly. I mean, you you wouldn't even realize you were doing it because. That person is gonna read into for what they're looking for. You know, they're 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 not being objective. They're they're looking for things to like validate their experience. And I could see this 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 album and these songs very easily doing that for that kind of person. I just vehemently disagree and 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 think that uh, they're coming at it from a skewed perspective yeah no i I think i think you're right um only thing i would say is that i think it's i don't know uh, maybe there is uh you know some some way that listening to to this kind of music maybe could expose you to uh, a, a bit of a different world where maybe you your your views and your thoughts are challenged a little bit if you if you dive in a little bit deeper and um maybe Maybe some of these guys did, and, and their eyes maybe were opened to, uh, you know, processing these feelings in a healthier way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is possible, and I, I hope that everyone has the capacity for that kind of growth. But the the cynic in me feels like 
those are the very same kinds of people who are are very much not looking for opportunities to grow. They it's it's sort of like this retroactive sort of feedback loop where you know they're they're not looking at things the way that they are. They're looking at things the way they see them. And yeah. they believe that to be like the objective reality. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good point. I, I, I just think that it's different, like you know, some fan bases you you know, you kind of get into and I think it, it does turn into an echo chamber and so, you know, your your thoughts are validated, like maybe like Star Wars fans who are bigoted or sexist or whatever there's a whole community for them to to spew their their vile thoughts online and and be be rewarded for it you know but with the fan base like green days i think you kind of you start throwing around that kind of uh attitude and you're gonna get you're gonna get told off uh very very soon so i think um i i think it would be hard to kind of maintain that contradiction if you did dive deeper into their fandom Okay, so I think you're right about that. But again, like I think that that person, if they if they really believe what they believe and and you know, they they think they're getting those messages from Green Day's music, they'll that's that is the exact kind of person who's going to dismiss the criticism and the feedback from from the wider, yeah. you know, Green Day community. They they're, they're going to be the person who's watching Green Day on Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve being like, what? What the fuck did Billy just... Billy Joe Armstrong I said he, what about I what? He, I thought he was an alpha. Yes. So, uh, I... I Again, I, I, I just... I feel like this kind of person, they they have their blinders on, you know, there they, very much can be like a moment where they, they maybe realize... Yeah, that that they have not been in the correct headspace and that they can grow. I'm not saying that people can't change, but I do think that that these kinds of people set themselves up for it to be harder for them to change. And they they see that um, maybe constructive criticism or comments from from others as attacks. You know, they take those things personally um, and and they're very quick to. you know, to to dismiss those kinds of things out of hand as as feeling like, well, you know, you're you're just wrong. You know, you don't get it the way I do. This and that. Yeah, no, no, I think you're um, right. I think that's a very real kind of person. But maybe there's a maybe there's a guy in the Green Day fandom who, you know, he's got his hair pushed back, not slicked back, and you know, he he acknowledges that he used to be a piece of shit, but you know, he he's changed, and uh, you know, you should let him hold the baby. That's true, right? Like he's not a piece of shit anymore. No, right? He used he, just, he used to be a piece of shit. He just used to be a piece of shit. He used to be a piece of shit. I mean, if you think his hair is slicked back, you should you, you should see pictures of him from twenty years ago. Yes, his hair yes. is pushed. It's oh pushed my now. god, it's just pushed. And back. all the steaks he eats are dry as hell these days. Yeah, I so. mean, the sloppy steaks are a thing of the past. That's uh, you know, it's it's just. Those were the old days, you know. He's he's changed yeah. his ways. He he. Oh, he'll he'll tell you. He used to be a piece of he shit. Used to be a real piece. He of shit. used to be a, to be a piece. piece of okay, shit. but not anymore. Um, I I commend those guys. For Absolutely. Their strength. Absolutely. Um, and you know, jumping off of that, Connor, we have our final comment uh, of the day. Um, this one is from Frank Verisco, forty-seven twenty-two. 
Frank says, Blue-pilled simp punk song. Don't be like this, guys. <laughs> Great song, though. <laughs> That's what... Like, who are these uh, fucking people? I don't know. Uh, I... Uh, what the, Like, uh, who talks like that? Who... How could you believe both things to be true? How could you be like, man... I fucking hate the very core message of this song, and I, I stand against everything that this song stands for. But, pretty good. Pretty good song, right? It's like, what the fuck? I, there's, like, such a dissonance where, like, they somehow feel like they can completely separate, like, the lyrical content from the song itself. They're like, yeah, you know, I just like the... I just like the sound of it, man. I just like the... And it's like, What? How could you fucking disagree with, like, the artistic intent and the meaning behind a song and be like, man, you know, pretty good, though, huh? Like, how fucking stupid do you have to be? I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's just the type of person that I guess they're they're good at compartmentalizing things and they consume art with no emotion attached to it, right? They they It's it's not about that. It's It's just about sick riffs or something like you know i don't know it's yeah it's, yeah it's, it's like approaching it for more of like a macho uh standpoint i guess like um this is kind of off topic but i was reading a comment today about uh some guy that was like listening to a song and he's like yeah i always skip this one song because it's like just not me it's like it, it's like it's like too soft i just skip all the soft songs they're just not hard enough for me i'm like i I don't know. How can you be that person that like the only thing you listen to is the uh, wrestling intro music, right? Like that's like the only yeah. songs you like are just like the the fucking kick ass, um, you know, power power rock riffs. Um, I I think you're missing out on a lot of uh, a lot of great music, and I think this guy is missing out on a, a lot of great connection to to music. If you're kind of cutting cutting that 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 part of your experience off like it's it's uh it's it's sad it's sad to me absolutely and it's bizarre because there are so many bands out there that could deliver exactly what this person is looking for where like they don't need to make any uh mental leaps to like justify listening to it. like if you want to Listen to just a, a you know a whole bunch of surface level vapid power fantasy old school punk rock like that exists. That's a lot. There's a lot of different bands that you can find that like pretty much just made punk rock songs because they thought that punk rock was like a sound and they think that it sounds cool and that by extension like they're punk rock for having made a song that sounds like a tough guy punk rock song. Um, so it's just odd to me that they would still come back to Green Day and be like, oh yeah, I like the sound of this, but like, fuck what they're saying. I know. Yeah, and I mean... I don't get it. The the most bizarre thing, and I, I, I've said this before, but I, I can't help but say it again, is like dragging... Uh, a Green Day song from 1990 into your your culture war in 2024. It's just it's such an insane thing to do. Like it's like what you know, 
a blue pilled simp punk song like those <laughs> yeah if you said that yeah. in 1990 people would have looked at you like you were fucking crazy you know yeah right what the fuck are you talking about yeah and uh i mean it's it's it it, it really kind of makes me feel like this guy is one of those people who like yeah they got into green day when they were young and and innocent and naive and then kind of life took them for a ride and they kind of fell into this rabbit hole and and then now their whole existence is is uh is is this media acceptable for you know my side of the my side of the fence you know is are is right. is ben shapiro gonna make fun of me for listening to this song you know yeah you're totally right and for the things that they still you know maybe maybe enjoy against their their quote unquote you know better judgment may, maybe something they're nostalgic for like you're saying from from a from the before times they they can still do their own mental gymnastics to uh get away with with listening to it but they're not going to lose face right exactly yeah these people are fascinating they're fascinating to me um connor who wins the comment of the day dude it is the i mean i can't believe this guy just died on the airplane no one said anything no one said a damn thing no one said but he has never seen so many people crying and bawling and freaking out i mean it was uh or whatever sounds like it was just an insane it was just an insane a wild fucking ride that no one even knew they were taking until the end. And wow, what a fantastic comment to have on this video. 100% has my vote. Absolutely. Hey, congratulations, Zoof, Zoof PA. Uh, you are our winner of Comment of the Day. Um, please please hit us up to uh, claim your prize. You'll be handsomely rewarded. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I would like to just extend you an offer to come on the podcast and tell us all about your story i think it would be yeah what happened i know we want to hear all about it um it just sounds like it's it's a very gripping and emotional tale so that offer is standing for you my friend um before we say goodbye i did just want to shout out um a very nice email we got from uh from alexander from england or as billy joe would say England. There we go. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Alex. Thanks for 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 emailing us your your thoughts on uh, the podcast and Thirty Nine Smooth. I uh, I I really really enjoyed reading your your uh, relationship with the band and um, you know what what this album especially uh, means to you. And you know, feel free to send in more and uh, you know share more of your thoughts with us. Uh, you know, it's always it's always a thrill to kind of uh, you know kind of see the similarities in in uh, the the Green Day journey all of us Green Day nerds have been on. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I, uh, they they mentioned at the end of their their email, like kind of saying, yeah, you know, Thirty Nine Smooth being inspired by by all those little crushes on apparent strangers and all that, and. Um, it's uh, it's funny that 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 is sort of still what we're talking about here on Paper Lanterns, yeah. and and what we're what we're gonna keep talking about for a while at least. So yeah, um, yeah, some 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 great comments, and we just really appreciate you taking the time to write in and to share your story. So thank you so much. There is also one other part of the email that that I did want to um bring up. You know, he 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 uh, mentions like what kind of a band Green Day would 
be remembered as if they were more of a flash in the pan, like a two album wonder and broke up before Dookie, you know, just kind of one of yeah. these, these uh, elusive and mysterious um, punk bands that, that kind of fell apart before they got their big break. And uh, I thought he made some good points that they, they would kind of maybe be, be legendary, but in a much different way, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think that they, would still be remembered. And yeah, in, in some ways, uh, you know, in, in, you know, thinking about what, what that legacy could look like, um, could, could still have been like very big and impactful in their, in their own way. Because you, you always think about like what, what could have been with, uh, with bands who feel like they, they didn't get to reach their full potential. They were kind of cut down before their time. I don't think that Green Day would have been forgotten about, even in that case. No, I, I think that yeah. um, they would they would still loom in their own way. But uh, yeah, it's it is kind of a fun alternate sort of history to consider. It's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks again, Alexander. We uh, really appreciate it. Uh, hope to uh, hear from you soon. Um, and listeners, thank you for sticking with us. And um, you know, I know that this week's episode wasn't as you know quite as long as last week's episode, so I know you're 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 all jonesing for the full four and a half hour uh, Green Dudes experience. Um, but uh, I think we're back back to our regular schedule, our our routine mm. programming, and uh, um, we we appreciate you sticking with us through this jumbo jumbo length episode, which I know was was difficult to get through for. Um, some of you for for more normal people out there i think who <laughs> you know who don't um have have time to dedicate four and a half hours to listen to a podcast really really appreciate you uh <laughs> trucking through and and doing your best to get get through we got carried away um yeah and uh you know um like i said we'll have more to say about saviors but probably not at that length so don't worry about that um if you are are feeling generous and kind you know as always i'm going you know i'm going to ask you to to give us a nice rating on apple podcasts if it's you know if you're feeling like like it's it's a five-star episode then then rate us five stars if you're feeling like it's a three-star episode still rate us five stars definitely Uh, the five stars just just you know if you could please just uh just because you're feeling nice um and while you're at it why don't you leave a nice comment? You know, leave a nice comment. Uh, say, you know, I, I love these guys. I really love that super long episode that I had to listen to in five chunks. Um, don't ever do it again, but, you know, I loved it. Uh, you know, whatever comes to mind. Um, if you want to email us like uh, like our friend Alexander did, um, please, we, we're dying to hear your stories on uh, the Green Day songs that we're covering or maybe even your thoughts on Saviors. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at greendudespod at gmail.com. <clears throat> um, you can follow us on social media. We are um, on both Twitter and Instagram at greendudespod. We're having a lot of fun over there with uh, with other Green Day fans. It's been a blast so far. Um, but most importantly, folks, until next time. Stay, stay punk. punk.